Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Inner Bloom podcast. I am Ambrosia. As you guys know, Alexa is on maternity leave still, but I am not alone today. I have the beautiful Jen, who is an NLP um, hypnotherapist. And she's going to be telling us all about what our emotions are tied to and how they prevent or cause disease. Is that right? Yeah. Awesome. So could you no substitution for medical advice? Let's put that up. There's no substitution for medical (laughs) advice. Neither one of us are doctors. I know it's shocking. Um, but this is just what, um, information you have gained in your experience. So could you share with us, I know you've been on the podcast before, but in case we have new listeners, a little bit of background of who you are, what you do, and the beautiful magic that you have to offer. Thank you. So the first time I was on the podcast was, I feel like two and a half years ago. It was a while ago. And I was doing chakra healing, which has to do with the association of the seven earthly chakras that we have in our bodies. So these energy portals function either normally too fast or too slow, depending where you're at. So when I first started, I was doing that because I see people in the colors that they're struggling in. So I can see you if you were uh, really overwhelmed with anxiety and you have a lot going on, like struggling with your power or doing anything along the lines of that, I'm going to see you more yellow because that's the color associated with it. So that's what I did for quite a few years. Um, And then I proceeded to get my hypnotherapy license because what I was doing was transformation healings. I was using sounds. I'm very, a very big proponent on sound healing. I think it's amazing. I think it changes lives. I've seen my son with a verbal tick use a sulfagio frequency for two months and that tick went away. So I'm, yeah, I'm a big proponent on frequency and our energetic frequency and using it. So I always use a sound bowl in my sessions. That's how I go into a meditative state with the client. And that's what hypnotherapy is. It's not scary. And it sounds scary to people like, oh, am I going to have control or you have complete control? You are just in a meditative state. Mm-hmm. 95% of our brain is subconscious. So we want to get into that subconscious so that we could heal whatever traumas are associated with what you're currently going through. Because everything we go through today is tied to something emotionally that happened to us. It could be a year ago, it could be 30 years ago. So it's tied to that because 95% of our brain is subconscious. Our subconscious is a beautiful thing. And what it does is it fragments it like a puzzle. 
So it fragments it so that if someone was to say you were in elementary school and you had a physical altercation with someone and that stuck with you for a, a long time, but as the time passed, it got easier and easier to deal with because it fragments it. So those little pieces are there and they're in your subconscious, but they're not the main focus of every day. But what happens is say now it's today and you have someone kind of verbally assault you or have something happen and you get extremely triggered and you're like, okay, I understand myself being upset, but I was really elated. Like I was, this was unlike me. Mm. It's because a little piece of that puzzle came flying forward and you'll be like, oh, I understand that it rode on the same vibrational path as what happened when I was younger. But when you're not doing it for a living, like I will recognize something like that now when I have a poor pattern, when I do something that I'm like, this isn't like the person I am today. Maybe it's the person I was 15 years ago, you know, Mm. my reaction. Um, I can recognize that, but when you're not doing it for a living, it's harder to recognize. You're like, why am I flying off the handle? Why am I so upset? Why am I feeling so fatigued? Why can't I get my shit together? Right? Like, can I get it together? So it's all emotionally tied to a trauma, something that's happened to us. And traumas are very different for people. Traumas are humongous in its own right to that individual person. So it could be something that you may be like, Oh, I'm surprised that affected you so much. Or you could be like, Oh my God, I can't believe that affected you so much. Right. Cause it's, right. it's individual to the person. Yeah. So I've, I've had people where I'll say for me, let me talk. Cause I don't want to ever talk about clients. So for me, uh, weight was always an issue for me. So growing up, I was very outgoing and I was always in plays and doing stuff in elementary school until I started being called the chubby kid. So once I started, boys started, I would say like fifth grade, you know, Mm -hmm. I was very outgoing. I would sing and and chorus. I would be in, I would, was one of the like little popular girls in my school. So I would like, you know, do all the talent shows with them And then, but I was like two sizes bigger. I wasn't by any means fat at the time, but, and I don't want to even say that because I don't want anybody to feel like they were fat, but Mm -hmm. I felt fat. I felt fat. So because I was two sizes bigger than the average 11 year old. So once that started happening, I had to do a lot of work on me when I started learning about all this, because if, in order for me to help people, I had to do the work on myself. And yeah. it was a struggle for me because it was to look in the mirror and feel good again. I was back to that, you know, inner child, that 11 year old me, like I wanted to go back to the nine year old me because the nine year old me didn't think my legs were thicker than anybody else. Or yeah. I felt good in myself dancing next to the girl that was two sizes smaller. I didn't feel, but I had to go back to the 11 year old that started to feel that. And I carried that through my life. Um, and did a lot of emotional eating over that. Mm. But that wasn't the person's fault that made me feel that way. It was my doing to hold on to it. So we need to recognize what we do to ourselves on top of what others do to us. Because as humans, we're super good at the blame game and super mm. good at the victimhood, right? At being mm-hmm. like, I can't believe this person did this to me. Right. And yeah, that, that was shitty, right? person being mean to me. It was really shitty. It it didn't feel good. Um, But I don't hold any animosity to that person anymore because 
I held it for so long in me because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to heal it. So what I do with clients is we go back into that so that we can clear that timeline because vibrationally you have billions of things going on in all these different timelines, right? And as we're ascending, our timelines are getting together. You know, like it's not going to be all these separate timelines. They're going to come together. But as they come together, that's why energetically like Mercury retrograde and all this stuff feels super overwhelming because everything's coming together for us. Energetically, we're receiving more light body. We're moving forward. So all these timelines are interjecting. And then you're like an emotional basket case. And you're like, why am I such an emotional basket case? Why do things feel so heavy? How do I get rid of this? So I help people get rid of that. I help, we go back and we clear these timelines. So they vibrationally will never affect you again. That's amazing. That's really interesting. So I guess my question with this, my one of many questions, because now I have a lot. Um, I'm thinking of how to word it though. So I had this experience, I've been doing inner child work for many, many years. And um, I had this experience where uh, when I was a kid, um, I had a situation where a woman came on the TV and was like talking to me. Like it was, it was jarring and very, like, I remember it like it was yesterday. And then I did, um, inner child work or the timeline jumping that you're talking about hypnotherapy, timeline jumping. And I was the woman on the TV talking to my younger self. You're always going to, so anybody that's in your life, whether it be, Bryn or anybody else like in your mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. is you yeah like they, they are different versions of you so everybody that is helping you move forward is it, as crazy as that is right because it's basically our movie and these are the people in it some people are main events and right. there are stars in our movie and then the other people are extras but everybody that comes forward to us are fragments of us right so they're there to teach us something so it was the woman was there to guide you, whether that guidance feels good or bad or mm-hmm. that inner child needed to hear it. It's the other version of you. So it's it's hard to concept. I remember when my mentor first taught us that and she was like, everything is another version of you. I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. My husband's not another. Usually he's like, no, they're, they're all other versions of you because you've chosen them. You've chosen these people to come into your life. So they are all little fragments, just like we're all fragments of source, right? Mm. So it's just fragments of you. And sometimes the lessons we learn are so difficult and so harsh and they feel so freaking bad, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, it feels so bad, but it's all there to, for us to up level, for us to become better. Absolutely. You were talking about in the beginning, you were talking about relationships and how um, the parent-child relationship and how different things happen when we are younger and we're triggered. Um because of traumas that happen and so forth. And uh, we had someone on the podcast, Nicole, I don't know when her episode was released, but she was talking about how uh, romantic partnerships tend to mirror relationships with a caregiver um, as a way to heal that or as a way because we're comfortable with it. Can you talk a little, because I truly do believe that, because um, we've all been with that person that reminds us of our mom, or we've been with that person that reminds us of our dad, and we're like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, or we're really comforted in it, depending upon your childhood, right? But can you talk a little bit about that and how that can be very healing? Because I was, not to give too much information, but 
the other day, I have a lot of abandonment issues and whatnot. And I was very upset with my girlfriend because she had to go to work. I know it sounds crazy. It's fine. And we had a conversation about like how um, sometimes I can be a little codependent and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm working on it. And she said to me, if I leave, I will always come back to you. I will never leave you. And to me, it wasn't her in that moment. It was my mom. And I just started crying because I was like, that's what I wanted my mom to say to me. Right. So it's me working out this relationship with my mother through another person. But I also feel like it's very common that people do this a lot. It's just not talked about or we don't have the language for it. What are your thoughts on that? And can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, I I agree. I think that's exactly what's happening. I think we've spoken privately yeah. mm-hmm. about your situation. So I know that. Um, I think sometimes it is not easy to heal the actual relationship with the person because right. they are not where you are, right? right. So you're vibrationally here, right? And mm-hmm. again, we've spoken on this. So if there's someone here, there's nothing wrong with the person being here. That's where right. they're meant to be, right? But if that person's here, they don't hear you. So you could talk, you could be here like doing this and mm-hmm. it, it sounds like peanut characters, like Charlie Brown to them. That's what it sounds like. So it doesn't get through to them. So these other fragments of you will come into your life, like your girlfriend, and they will be what you needed from that person. So she will come in and say that she will say, I'm here. Yes. I have to go to work, but I'm not leaving you. I'm coming yeah. back. You know, I'll see you yeah. in, I'll see you in eight hours. I'll be yeah. back. Like, I love you. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm going to give you what you need. And yes, you emotionally, it was something you've been yearning for, for many years. And here's the person that shines that on you. And that's beautiful. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's super healing because you could take that back to the relationship with your mother, the relationship with your mother or any mother per se, that someone has difficulties with a parent it doesn't need to look cookie cutter. And I think mm-hmm. that's what, like, like I said, we are very regimented as humans for things. We're very judgmental, yeah. very judgmental, very regimented. Like things should look like this. Mm-hmm. It's not the case, right? Everybody's parental relationships look different. Every sibling relationship looks different. Um, we have to know that when we have these things that are healing, that's what we have to soak up, right? Because the heart is our only energy center on our body that does not hold duality. Everything else holds duality. That's why we get thyroid problems and we get, uh, you know, anxiety and we get things. The heart is the only thing that does not hold duality. So that's your true answer. That's what you need. So when you get things filling your heart, it feels so freaking good. Like it, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, this feels, this is what I needed. I needed my heart because your heart is what I was, what we were talking about before we got on, I was saying to Ambie that I want to talk like a little about the organs and our heart is our happiness, right? So that's like our happiness, but our heart and lungs are also our sadness, right? So they deplete. Like when we have uh, heart palpitations and we have trouble breathing, when we're having any, you know, we're having anxiety attack, we're going to a full on panic mode. You know, we hold, hold that there, but the heart itself, it's the only place that holds our, our true happiness. Like no other organ in our body holds that. So when you get that from your girlfriend, when your girlfriend says to you, like, I no, I like, I really, I'm here for you. Like, I'm not, that's so beautiful because it it shoots right there. Like it shoots mm-hmm. right into your heart. And you're like, that's what I needed. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. needed that, you know, like I needed to feel that I haven't ever either ever felt that, or I haven't felt that in a long time. Yeah. And I think there's a level of safety there that I, I digress, but 
That's interesting. That kind of hit me differently when you said our heart can't hold duality. Like what is, because when I think about that from a logical standpoint, I can think like, okay, yeah, my head can hold duality. I can say that really hurt my feelings, but I also see where they're coming from. And like, I can kind of see that, but can you explain a little bit about how your heart can't hold duality? Because that's a really interesting concept. Yeah. So it will hold duality as far as sadness and happiness. So I'll explain that to you. So you can hold both emotions in there, Um, but the heart is the only one that holds true happiness. So if you were in, if your eyes were open again, this is from my mentor. So I just want to credit her with it because this is learning it from her years ago. She would always say when your eyes are open, when your eyes are open, you're in your head because your head is always yes or no, right? You're, you're going to do something and you're like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I not do it? But if you mm-hmm. close your eyes and you put your hands on your heart, you're like, should I do it? Yes. Your answer is right there. So the mm-hmm. no duality is that your true answer is there. There's no back and forth. There's no seesaw in your heart. Yeah. No, you know, really what you want to do. So, you know, we live our lives doing things for other people, 100%. right? We're conditioned for that. We're yeah. conditioned for that. We have kids, we have parents, we have things, and we're always looking to please other people. Like we are people, please. I mean, some are not, most are, most are bred to be people pleasing. And we always think about another person, which is beautiful. But at the same time, if your cup is not full and mm-hmm. you are not putting yourself first, you are no good for anybody else. Mm, so yeah. your heart has to be full. Your cup is your heart. So this has to be full. You have to say, so it's okay to say to your girlfriend, okay, maybe this is an overreaction, but it's not. But to you, Ambie, it's not an overreaction. Right. It's how you truly felt. So it doesn't matter what anybody else outside of you thinks like, oh, why did you react that way? Well, I reacted that way because yeah, it really hurt me. It triggered something else in me. And I felt that way at the time. And and that's honored. That's, that's okay that you felt like that. There's, there's no one that should ever make you feel differently, that it's wrong too much. Or right. And like I said, that's what we're good at as humans is always making people feel that way. Like, oh, you're too much or mm-hmm. your emotions are too much. Your emotions are never too much. If you have a lot going on, your, your path is not the same as the other person's path. You feel that way. So here is where you have to lie your heart. I mean, you can't see me because I'm low, but here, like (laughs) here, here is where you have to lie. So when you struggle with things, you have to get into your heart center. You have to go into that place and say, okay, this is really bothersome to me. Let me go into my heart. Let me go into my place where there's not this back and forth. And let me get in there, talk to my team, right? You talk to your spirit team. Mm -hmm. Why is this? Why is this such a struggle for me? Can you bring up? Because what I do for people, you could also, you know, you could also do for yourself. You could go in and be like, can you tell me what, why this is coming up? It's a little easier when you work with someone else and they're going into, you know, they know how to get you into a meditative state and stuff, but you can get into that meditation and say, why am I so triggered by this? And the memory will come up, right? So a memory will come up and you'll be like, wow, I would never even think that it was tied to that memory, but it was. You're healing relationships, even when those relationships no longer serve you, which is beautiful, right? Because you were healing a relationship with your mother without her being there or without you having to talk to her, because maybe if it would have been her you were talking to, you wouldn't have gotten the response you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So- That's interesting because I think we so badly want different people in our lives to change in order for the relationship to be better. 
And that's just unrealistic. It's not going to happen because you can't control other people. No, you can't control other people. And I tell people, I, you know, some, a lot of people, like I said, your trauma is your trauma. So there's no small or big trauma Mm because what your trauma is to you is important Mm -hmm. and it needs to be healed regardless of the level that someone else thinks. And the problem is, is that we do, we get friends and we get people that we really love and we want to share everything with them. Mm -hmm. But then we get so upset when we get the responses from them that don't feel good to us. Right. But I, I always go into it now when I, uh, I mean, my husband is really my trustee, my husband and my child, my child's my, you know, he's my little, my little mini BFF, but I talk less to others. I have some really great people in my life, but I talk less to others and more the inner work. And I know the non-judgment with them because they know what I do. So we've kind of my husband doesn't do this for a living. He doesn't, he's not, you know, extremely spiritual, but he respects what I do. So he does always come from a higher standpoint. If we have very, very emotional things that need to get out, he does come from that higher standpoint, understanding that, you know, some, my emotions are definitely not his emotions. You know, he's much more stoic than me and much more, you know, less things bother him, but he respects my emotional basket caseness. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. you know, that things really bother me. So I try to call my clients like that because just because something isn't something that would feel the same to me, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Like you, you're, this feels really tremendous to you. And it needs to be healed because otherwise you're not moving forward. You want to be here and you're here. And you need to, it's the same thing as money. When someone says money is energy, money is energy and we hold on to it, right? Money is fear mm-hmm. and fear is tied to our kidneys, our heart, our liver. Cause what happens is it, at first it affects your kidneys and you're urinating a lot. You're mm-hmm. like going to the bath, you know, when you're nervous and you start mm-hmm. going to the bathroom a lot. Yeah. So it'll, it'll go right to your kidneys. Cause that's where it all starts in your sacral. And then it goes, shoots up to heart palpitations, shoots, shoots into your liver, right? Because liver is anger. So then fear turns into anger. Like, what am I doing? Your gallbladder. That's why so many people look at other places besides the U.S. of how many people get their gallbladder removed. I've had my gallbladder removed. My whole family has had their, my whole entire father's side of the family has had their gallbladder removed. But the gallbladder is your surprise. It's your depression. It's mm. so many emotions in it. And then now you're lacking that. Yeah. You're lacking that actual organ from that. So it's everything is tied to something. So an emotion is very stressful on the body. So like disease turns into disease eventually, because if you don't handle these emotions, so it's important to work with someone like you, right? Do a mediumship with you, do any kind of channeling with you to do it. Someone like me that does hypnotherapy work to clear trauma and to do stuff. It's such an emotional release. I have a client that left her regular weekly therapy to, to work with me because she was like, you're doing so much more for me. She's like, I feel, you know, like we do so much more than regular. And I'm not knocking anybody that's it. I think therapy is great. You know, mm-hmm. you should definitely do it. And it's great. But when you get to the nitty gritty, it's, you know, we surface things a lot. We're like, oh, you'll get over it. Mm-hmm. You'll get over it. You'll yeah. get over it. Oh, no, you probably won't because it's tied to something else that's 15 years old and you didn't have not even dealt with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What's the most common thing that you see that people hold on to? 
anger. And then we have questions from Facebook. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Anger and fear. Anger and fear is the two emotions. Fear is, especially with um, what just happened with the pandemic, it it was- uh, I was thinking about that, Jen. (laughs) Coming from New York, being from New York and moving down, to me, it was very godsend moving here six months before the pandemic started. I work from home. My husband is disabled. So we were, I was like, why are we staying in New York? My parents live in South Carolina. They've been here for like 20 something years. Let's do it. Like, let's go down. Let, let's let my son be closer to his grandparents. So he came about six months before it happened. And the first few months now, old Jen, mm-hmm. Jen that owns a clothing website. So before all this, I owned a clothing website. I was in retail. I was a stylist, all that. That Jen came from super fear. Like, mm. like it was embedded, like it was like braided into my DNA. It was, I was so fearful. So when COVID first started happening, that first two months, I was like, oh my God, mom, dad, you can't leave the house. We were staying with them for a few months till we yeah. found out. I was like, you're not leaving the house. Like I'm super. And then my dad sat me down and my dad has really, we don't agree on a lot, but my strength is from him. Like my strength is from him. Like my no nonsense, like. I love you and we could see things differently and I'm going to love you afterwards, but I'm still going to feel the way I feel is from him. And he sat me down like two months after. And he's like, listen, I am 70. I guess he was like 73 at the time. He's like, I'm 73. He goes, if this is what's meant to take me out, then it's what's meant for me, Jen. And he goes, and you do this work. You know, I was already, already doing this work. So Mm -hmm. I, he, I was like, you know what? You're right. I have no business we're again, getting involved, right? We're always like getting involved in everybody's life. I was like, you're right. Like he needed to sit me down and say that. I was like, and I, and I can't be feared of this because you're right. Your path is your path. Your soul, you know, your soul agreement is your soul agreement. Mm-hmm. What you come in here with is what's, I mean, my husband, for God's sake, was going to pick my son up from, you know, nursery school and got hit by a school bus. Like, you know, we don't, we know it's his soul contract. We've, we've spoken about it. We know that it was part of his soul contract so that I could start the healing work. I've been doing this. It's it's actually eight years this week that he got hit by the bus. And oh. this, that's how it started with me doing this, yeah. doing, doing this work. But the fact is, is yeah, it was a horrible thing, but my husband sees it as well. You started helping other people from it. So yeah, it sucked sure. for me, but you know, for someone to be able to look at that, that can't work anymore and do all that and say, you know what, but you're helping others. So if something good came out of it and when the pandemic, when that stuff happened and my dad really, it was just a quick talk. And he was like, I'm not staying in the house, seeing my friends in New York and what they were going through and what was being proposed to them, like masks and mandates and all this stuff. And being in South Carolina, and I don't agree with all the politics here, obviously, you know me enough to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't agree with everything here, but I did very much agree with the choices that we had here. Like yeah. that we weren't being forced to do things and weren't, weren't, we were maybe 50% closed for like a month or two, like not for a year or and a half or whatever it was. And seeing my friends and family, like family wouldn't see us because of the choices we made and mm-hmm. It was, but I know now, and I love them all and, and choices are choices and you do what you do, but that you can't be mad at anybody because choices are different. But if that wasn't like an up level for me to kind of look outside myself and say, okay, we're choosing this, but you are making that choice. You can't be mad at anybody else because they don't agree with it. 
Yeah. You can't be mad at anybody because you're making a choice. It feels really good to you, but this does not feel good to other people. So some people may not want to be around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a big wake up, right? For everybody. I think it both ways, right? Yeah, both ways. I mean, both the pandemic, ways. like really, I don't think a lot of people have fully processed the fear and the, like a lot of us thought that we were going to die or we were going to get sick and die for at least a month. Right. And that's a long time to have doomsday over your head. And I feel like that is a lot of us have lost loved ones. And, um, there was so much chaos around that time. And for me to, for people to say, okay, well now nothing, nothing's in place. And if you get COVID, it's okay. No big deal. Is kind of like we're taking that fear and we're just putting it on a shelf and we're pretending it doesn't exist. And to me, I feel like we're not really dealing with what the fuck happened. Like a big thing happened and everybody's just kind of compartmentalizing this thing that happened a long time ago, which was not very long ago, but it just, it's kind of crazy. Like how, to me, it's kind of crazy how different things are now. And how different things were in the beginning of the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's different. For me, it was my dad. It was my dad kind of making me work through past fears that were aligned with COVID, right? With, yeah. with the pandemic. Yeah. So when he said that to me, I had to sit down and say, you're right. Because I, I went from, Brian and I went from exercising I think I lost 13 pounds the first beginning of the pandemic then we shot the shit then we were like eating you know because then you like you think it's going to be over yeah you know at first we were like we're going to work out we're going to be healthy we're going to do all the things that they're saying to do so like we don't get it um so we were making all the right moves to be healthy in it but like I said our choices weren't everybody's choices you know what I mean they were in Mm -hmm. everybody's choices we were ready to get out in the world, but yes, like you're saying, it's, it was a scary thing, but I worked on my fear to be there. At first we would go out and we would be with a friend and they'd be like, oh, we're going to this place. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to that place. Yeah. There's like 50 people there. I'm not going there. So like little by little, I kind of worked through it. Cause I was like, if I'm doing this with clients, I can't come from a place of fear. Like I just can't, I can't come from that place I have to work on it. And I had so much work to do because there was so much tied to that for me because mm-hmm. I was so, when I, I'm, I have an autoimmune disease and it doesn't affect me anymore. And I eat gluten-free and do a lot of stuff for it. And it's been a long time. Um, but I developed it after Brian's accident. So I developed it from stress. So mm-hmm. that's why this is so important to me that, that you understand the organs and the stuff are really tied to things because I had no autoimmune before his accident and I developed psoriatic arthritis and I'm lucky and I do everything good for it and I'm fine, but it's super tied to that. And I had to work through that because I knew exactly what was going to happen. If I stayed onto that fear, I was going to start getting wrist pain, not be able to walk upstairs with my knees and mm. going to go right to an inflammatory response right. for my body. But yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. And we have to respect the people. It was so, it felt so not good to be able to not see family because my parents were seeing me, but to not see family and to see other people because they were like, oh, well, you're leaving the house already. You're doing stuff. But I didn't want to look at it from a bad standpoint because I love them and I had to look at it from they feel differently, right? They're not ready mm-hmm. to be around and they're not ready to see see us I and mean, they're not ready to 
understand that we're coming from somewhere differently. And it took, it takes a lot, right? Because it's still hurtful, right? It, it, yeah. it still hurts either way. Yeah. So it can hurt the person that feels more fear. And then the person that's dealing with it, it hurts them because they're like, well, well, don't you want to see me or don't you want to be around me? And I was like super in it. Like I was super in the emotion of it and real sad and, you know, very feeling very depleted and like a lot of like breathing issue. Again, like I said, heart and lungs, like a lot of your sadness and a lot of like, I would always feel like I was having shortness of breath, but not because of COVID because like I was kind of leaving it there. I wasn't like speaking my truth and just saying, I understand where you're coming from, but it still hurts. Like I probably should have just said that. But then finally, when I did have a conversation with, with the person, it, it was more understood and we both felt better. You know, I physically mm-hmm. felt better. Um, but yeah, it goes away and you have to move on. But the thing is, you don't have to move on. Like you're saying, like all of a sudden we're back to normal. You have to move on for what's comfortable for you. So for me, it looked different. You know, mm-hmm. like it looked different for me because I lived in a state that was different. But if I would have lived it, my husband and I laugh all the time because we're like, I am I was so okay after a few months. But if we lived in New York, Ambi, Brian's like, you would never even have allowed me to live in the house because <laughs> he was a mailman. Right? Oh, yeah. So he, yeah. So he was like, he would have had to work through it. So he's like, you would have had me like living in my mom's house. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, I was in so much fear. I would make people like strip down naked at my front door if they came in from the outside. (laughs) Like it was, it was kind of crazy. The level that I went to, like, I kid you not, it was bad. But what happens is this is what happens. Like I had to deal with it. Like my father kind of put me in check and then I had his like stoic again, very similar. Like you're saying you marry Brian has a lot of attributes of my father And uh, that kind of stoic person, like, you know, listen, I respect what you're doing, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do, which has always been my attitude is I love you. I see you. And we're going to agree to disagree because I love you. Like, we're not going to talk about this because it's not, you know, it's not what I love about you. It's, you know, like, I love so many more things that we don't need to agree on everything. Mm. Um, But yeah, the fear, the fear was definitely real. And I was able to kind of, because of the work I was doing and who I was working with, and I had a mentor, I still had my mentor during the beginning of it. So when I would have, like, just flip my lid, I would just call her and be like, I need a session. Like I need, yeah. like yeah. I need a session right now. Um, because I was like, I can, I'm ha- working with other people. COVID was the busiest I've ever been. Like COVID, like I Me was too. seeing clients, like multiple clients a day. And I was like, if I don't see someone to handle my shit, then mm-hmm. how am I, how am I going to, I want to help people truly. I yeah. want to help them coming from a good place. So yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, and I think people have taken that fear into other things now, right? Cause the vibration, like I said, you have a billion things going on in each timeline. So whatever was attached for you to that, to that pandemic fear, Mm-hmm. It needs to be cleared. Like you need to work on that. You know what I mean? Not saying you specific. I'm saying in general, like, you right. know, as a person, you need to work on, you know, the fear of it. But yeah, it's it's very real. It's 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 very real. What are people asking? So people, you see me on Facebook. <laughs> so people on Facebook, and if you're not in the Inner Bloomers group, please join. It's a lot of fun. It's free. Um, but Shira on Facebook says, "What time of what types of emotions are tied to removing the uterus?" So sacral is your, you hold a lot of parental wounds there. It's your, you know, sexual reproductive area. Uh, We hold fear. 
We also hold abundance, in that sacral area, we also hold abundance. So if you feel like you're struggling, kind of teeter-tottering with money now, where like money, does it doesn't feel secure to you if you're if you have your uterus removed and you feel like more of this going on, more mm-hmm. of like that, it, it'll be because, you know, you just need to work through it and work through any emotions that are there. But there's a lot of parent, uh, a lot of, tra- you know, trauma parental stuff. And remember, parental doesn't always mean just your parents. It means the people that were closest, you know, like closest to you that you really, there's trust, right? Our trust is in our throat chakra and in our sacral. So, you know, with trust issues and stuff, if this stuff is coming up with you now that you removed it, that's the stuff you want to work on. You want to work on any past, you know, like any traumas that feel serious to you, anything that you feel like is going on in uh, truth, you know, you might be struggling too. like sometimes when, something like that gets removed. Sometimes you'll get even uh, your allergies because it is tied to truth. And so is your throat. So you may have trouble swallowing. You may, you know, sometimes when we have that, uh, you feel like you have something caught in your throat, but you really don't have it. Cause you're like, you lotus. Mm-hmm. When I do, um, when I do the sessions, you know, breath is really important and all of that is important because right. This is a struggle. So the fear, you know, the, the fear will come up, right. So the fear like work its way up. Um, So anything like that, anything you're working, you need to work on fear, trust issues. You know, you could, you could, again, like I said, do a meditation. You're welcome to book sessions with Ambie, myself, like anybody that does work like this, that, that if you feel like you need help with it, but you can sit in a meditation for a few minutes and kind of go back to see what's, what comes up for you is what needs to come up. So don't be like, oh, this is a weird one. Why is it? It's not weird. It's, it's Mm -hmm. what exactly needs to come up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What about, um, like hormones? Hormones. I, I would, I associate hormones mostly with the gut. Cause if you notice like in a, as in a woman or non-binary person, you will notice a lot of bloating in the, you know, in the gut area when mm. we, you know, when we start to deplete in our hormones, okay. so it'll, it'll be anxiety, like a lot of anxiety tied to that. Um, you'll also notice like sleep changes, um, a lot of like sweat gland, you know, like a sweat gland thing going on. Um, it's, it's a a lot of personal power issues. Like you kind of feel like you're struggling, like, where do I stand? Am I in charge? Am I not in charge? You know, I always associate that with hormones. I mean, I can associate it with it because I'm old AF, but <laughs> it's already I am too, Jen. It's happening to me. It's too. already happening. It's already it's happening. Not fun. It's not fun. Um, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, thank you for that. I don't know why I'm shouting right now. Um, I guess my next question would be: I personally, for me, when people do meditations like this or work like this, um, it can be re-traumatizing. So I would be cautious of that. I would highly recommend working with Jen or working with someone else that you feel alignment with. Um, but another question that people have on Facebook are the heart palpitations. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So always see a doctor. Oh, Don't yes. screw with that. We're not doctors, please. Again, I just want to say that that's why I like through why I spewed that out the first second we were doing it. Um, we are not in substitution for any of that. Um, I have an extra heartbeat, so I'll talk about it, it to me. Like a heart murmur? No, 
it's, I do have a heart murmur, but it has nothing to do with it. Okay. My, so most people, if their heart beats three times, mine beats four sometimes. So it's called an irregular, regular heartbeat. Okay. So a lot of people have it. So not every heart palpitation is dangerous. So good news, right? So I don't need to be on any medication or have it. Um, I do the Peloton five or six days a week. That really helps it. Um, acupuncture is great for it. Um, acupuncture, you would go in and you would tell them, you know, I'm having a lot of heart palpitations. Heart palpitations always have to do with stress and anxiety when it mm. is just tied to an emotion. So that's your adrenal glands. So your adrenal glands would be like nettle. If you're not allergic to stinging nettle, first find that out before you go and run and get stinging nettle. Uh, organic stinging nettle tea is amazing and it's amazing for allergies. So you could do that every day and that will help your stress levels. But again, heart palpitations can be nothing, but they can be serious. So you always check with a doctor, but yes, it'll be a tie to your adrenal gland. So your adrenals are your fight or flight, you know, like that feeling like you're, you know, like that's it. I don't have, you're flying off the handle. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have, so, uh, but nettle tea was when I first, before I found out what my autoimmune disease was, um, I was doing, I worked with an intuitive Pilates coach in New York and she was actually the person that helped me most more than my doctor when I first got, you know, kind of going through everything. Um, they thought I had a hypoglycemia. They couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. He's like, your numbers clearly show you have an autoimmune, but we, it may take us two years to figure out what it is. We may never find out. It was, it was crazy. Wow. So she recommended nettle tea for me and it was life-changing within a week. I saw a difference within a week. I was able to, when I was doing Pilates, I would start to shake. Like I would like, like, like shake. Mm. So she would have to give me like orange juice, almost like a hypoglycemic reaction without me actually being hypoglycemic. Wow. So I highly recommend nettle tea. Again, stinging nettle, you can be allergic to. So you first need to check that you are not allergic to it. But if you are struggling with stress and anxiety, nettle tea is great. Amazing. Amazing. Um, can you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you and yeah. anything else on your heart? <laughs> well, I love you. Love you. <laughs> love you. Miss Alexa. Um, she's doing great with the baby. Um, I am on Instagram, multidimensional Jen. So my link is right below it. So you can book me right on the link in my stories. I have $20 off for inner bloom listeners. So Mm, you can just click on the stories and it's $20 off a session. So that's up now. Um, I also do healing stone jewelry. If you feel compelled to ever wear anything to heal yourself, that is my little side passion that I do because it just feels good to work with my hands and do that. So I love gems and stones. Um, Yeah. And that's it. And I love being here and miss you. Love you. Come visit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I will. I want to. It's nice and probably a lot warmer there now. Um, but we'll have all the links on the show notes if you're listening to this and you're not watching it on Facebook. Um, thank you so much for being here, Jen. I really, really appreciate it. And you've given so much good advice to everyone listening. So truly amazing gift that you have. Um, um, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And until next time, everybody keep on blooming. Bye, everybody.
If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.com.